When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Green Life Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Thank you, Ed. Always nice to be here on a Monday night talking the world of tennis. We're in full swing week to week here on SEM, which is brilliant. Brett Phillips in the chair, your home of tennis every week. The only dedicated tennis program on commercial radio right across uh, the sports entertainment uh, network. So wherever you're tuned in tonight across all the major uh, cities across Australia, into New Zealand, right across uh, the North and South Island uh, tonight, it's uh, great to be able to dissect the world of tennis, the sport that simply doesn't stop. There are tournaments every week uh, right across all levels, ATP, WTA, the Challenger level, ITF, juniors, wheelchair. If there's a tournament, we're going to cover it here on the first serve. I'd love you to be part of the show. You can be every single week. The Harcourt's open line for all things real estate. one 736 736 You just need to punch that in. You can talk to me direct. Anything that's on your mind globally, domestically, grassroots, whatever level of tennis, you have a platform here on a Monday night to do that. If you're a little bit shy, you prefer to text, well, you can punch in 0433981116 on the uh, temper text. It's a bit to pull apart, isn't there, uh, tonight? Uh, Alex Dimonor continuing his fine form to start the year. He's now at nine in the world. We'll get to that in uh, just a few moments' time. The Australian Open, in fact, I want to run a little bit of a straw poll uh, tonight and get your thoughts because the Australian Open Chief Executive, uh, Tennis Australia Chief Executive and Australian Open Tournament Director Craig Tiley floating the possibility of a change of the finals for the men and the women. So the women to Sunday night and the men to Saturday night. Now, whether this is in place for 2025 remains to be seen. Darren Walton from AAP, terrific uh, tennis journalist, uh, writing the story. Uh, Of course, in the middle of uh, last week, Tennis Australia pondering the introduction of an historic Sunday night women's final with, uh, of course, all manner of uh, format tweaks on the table during its annual Australian Open debrief, which always takes place in the uh, three or four weeks after the Australian Open. While the radical move is unlikely to take place in 2025, according to Darren, uh, flipping the men's and women's finals is seen as a win-win for fans, not least those watching on TV. Knowing that they had to rise for work on uh, Monday morning, tens of thousands switched off and went to bed when Daniil Medvedev led Yannick Sinner, uh, of course, two sets to love in this year's men's title match. Give us your thoughts. 0433981116 on the text. I'd love to know where you sit. Would that move be okay? Instant sort of tick of approval. As I've said that, are you pondering going, no, we can't uh, change. The men have got to you know, be the uh, the icing on the cake at the end of the tournament. Where are, you, where are you sort of sitting on this particular topic? Now, I've got to say, as someone who's in the trenches and at the coalface of this tournament, when you're commentating for uh, two weeks... And, you know, you're getting right towards the uh, business end. 
I probably don't mind a 10.30-11 finish on a uh, Sunday night. I'm sure uh, for many, as uh, just mentioned there by Darren in that article, when you're watching it and it's going five sets and you know you've got to be in the office at uh, 8, 8.30 and the kids are going to be at school and everything else, you're tuning it out, wouldn't that be better for a Saturday night where there's no limitation on when you've got to get up? You can stay the journey. And the women who always... Uh, are the um, the penultimate match become the main match at the end of the tournament to put a bigger spotlight on women's tennis? So let us know. 0433981116. You can give us a call. 1-300-736-736. The Australian Open always looking to innovate. We've talked the last few weeks about and Craig Tiley's words again about no lets. Can he get some uniformity across the four majors? So this applies. The Australian Open will always look to do there, have their little points of difference, as all the slams do. But as we know, all the slams got on board to have the deciding 10-point match tiebreak. So we've got consistency across the four majors who operate independently, as we know, from the ATP and the WTA tours. I don't... In this case, they don't need to seek approval. Yes, they need to consult the players, get the players' feel for it. They don't need to get the uh, tick of approval from the ATP and also uh, the uh, WTA. Here's a quick thought on the text. A 6-2, 6-love, 40-minute women's final on the Sunday to finish the tournament. Well, that could possibly happen, but I think it's a. it's been a, a long time since we've had such a lopsided women's final. I mean... I think, you know, the days of uh, when Steffi Graf was uh, dominating, uh, who just comes to mind instantly, Monica Sellis through that terrific little uh, patch, they were winning uh, women's finals fairly convincingly. But the last uh, few years, now that Serena, well, certainly towards the back end when she wasn't as dominant, now the fact she's retired, yeah, we're getting some pretty good women's finals. We're getting good women's finals, not only at uh, the major level, but the tour level where a lot of them are going to three, whether it's uh, Sviontek and Sabalenka, it's Sabalenka and Rybakina, uh, Sviontek and Rybakina as the big three, and there Coco Goff has elevated herself up into the top echelon of the sport. So there's an early thought. I mean, it wouldn't be a great way to finish, but, gee, we go back a few years ago when Novak Djokovic cleaned up Rafael Nadal in an hour and a half, 90 minutes, uh, that uh, men's final went on the Sunday night. So very hard to forecast what you would get. But one thing is guaranteed, if the women went to Sunday night, the tournament finishes for everyone involved, those at the coalface, the viewers and uh, the players at around 10.30-11 rather than 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Bernie says, great idea, makes sense. Women's won't go past 11. Men on the Saturday night, why did it take so long to think of that? Also, get rid of faults, one serve only. Thank you, Bernie. 0433 on the text. Cameron says, hi, Brett. Switching the finals is a fantastic idea. So keep your thoughts uh, coming through. Uh, one just away from the Australian Open, BP, this uh, coming weekend, the 2024 Victorian State Championships, uh, formerly the Pat Cash Cup at Horsham Lawn Tennis Club. 13 associations competing. Some great junior talent will be on show from ages 12 to 18. Chris in Dermot, he's our man out amongst... Uh, all the great events that take place in Victoria and around Australia. Of course, his daughter Taylor, we had her in the studio here, going back 12 months ago, who's a good young talent. So, Chris, I'm relying on you to be our, uh, of course, Victorian State Championships correspondent 
and what your call on the show uh, next week. Thank you for that. Here's one from uh, Duncan. Brett, Naomi Osaka moves up more than 400 spots in the tennis rankings in two months. Do you think she'll move towards the top 50 this year? And what do you think her performance and what do you think of her performance since she has come back? Thank you, Duncan, for your text. Well, it was a more encouraging week, wasn't it? I'll get on to all the results uh, very shortly, but... You know, tough for Naomi to come into a strong Brisbane field, into a tough first-round match against Garcia at the Australian Open. And then she's played, of course, uh, the the Middle East uh, WTA at 1000 in Doha, where she made the quarterfinals. So, look, the more matches she gets under her belt, uh, Duncan, there's no doubt she's going to continue to improve. Where she's going to land, because she's starting from scratch, coming back from being a mum, hard to tell at this stage. You know, we'll get a good look at her at Indian Wells when we head over there in the next week or or so. Loves a hard court, Miami, the two big, of course, 1,000 tournaments. So, yeah, we just need a few more weeks, uh, a few more months, really, to assess the full comeback of Naomi Osaka. But uh, no doubt, I mean, she can head back up towards the top echelon of the sport. Where she lands, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what about Friday women, Saturday men, Daniel says off the text. Well, Daniel, it's interesting. You know, we've gone with the Sunday start for the first time, and that's now going to be set in stone. We won't go back to a Monday start for the Australian Open. A lot of people floated during the Australian Open that this tournament could all also start on a Saturday, not uh, not the Sunday, whether that comes in next year or the year after or the year after, but you make it three full weekends, which in that case might allow you to have... Friday women, Saturday men, and you finish off, you, you sign off the tournament on a Saturday. So many things in the melting pot. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 0433 98 11 16, 1300 736 736. We always like to salute uh, the winners, WTA 1000, uh, Qatar Open in Doha. I mentioned Naomi Osaka, the first WTA 1000 for the year. And I'll tell you what, she's made this tournament her own, the current world number one, Iga Sviontek. Done and delivered in Doha. No other player has won the Doha title three times. And Iga Sviontek, the world number one, has done it three times in a row, making history on this tennis court. 12 straight match wins, 23 straight sets. And Iga Sviantek will lift the title in Doha again. Yelena, first of all, massive respect to you both. This match had absolutely everything. The drama, the twists, the turns, the shot making, the long rallies. Not the result you wanted tonight, but you left it all out there on the court. Yeah, true. I thought till the end and uh, uh, happy that you enjoyed, guys. And of course, congratulate Iga with a great week and her team. Special thank you uh, to our president of Kazakhstan Federation. He came to support me today. Thank you so much, Mr. Bula Jamitovic. Of course, I would like to say thank you to all the fans. I saw so many Kazakhstan flags and it's... It's, it's amazing to see you guys. World number one, Iga Sviatek. It was really tough, so congrats to Elena for a great tournament and to your team. Um, you're doing a great job, and we already played so many you know, tough matches that I think it's going to be just great if we continue and you know, have fun and just give a nice experience to the fans. My team, they know in which moments each part of their work really the difference, so I'm really grateful for that because without them I would be 
totally lost. Keep pushing no matter if it's um, hard or easy. Really enjoy being here and uh, it feels like home and I always feel good energy before coming here. So I always, you know, remember this place and always come back with nice thoughts. So thank you guys. Thank you for the support. Uh, I feel more and more of it every year. So um, it's a really great place to be uh, and you always make me feel welcome. So see you guys next year. I just want to emphasize one more thing before you take the stage. No other player in the history of this tournament has won the title three times. You've just won it back to back to back. It's a tremendous accomplishment. Oh my God, guys, you don't even know how hard it was not to think about it, you know. <laughs> I came here and I, I was just, you know, pretty stressed because of that, because I felt the expectations. But yeah, I wanted to just do everything step by step as I always do. And it, again, it worked. So thank you to the team also to keeping me on the ground and focusing on the right stuff. Because yeah, achieving that is, uh, is great, you know. I'm really happy and really proud of myself. So thank you. Thank you, Iga. Uh, nice job. 18 titles from 23 finals at the ripe old age of 22. Uh, going beautifully. Uh, she's 1,395 points uh, clear of Arena Sabalenka, who returns for uh, Dubai this week, her first tournament after uh, winning the Australian Open. Um, yeah, some strong wing gusts, particularly during that first set. Rebarkina was hitting with uh, great depth, uh, the quiet assassin, I call her. Uh, the last woman to three-peat on, uh, in any event on the tour was Serena. That was Miami, 2013 to 2015. And she was 1-4 down in that opening set. And, of course, Rebecca, I don't know if you caught it, she uh, actually got that sort of nasty service uh, follow-through, scraped her left shin, uh, drew a bit of blood, had to put some bandages on, lost all her momentum, uh, eager seized on that. And, of course, only Serena has won seven WTA 1,000 titles quicker than eager. 22 appearances for Serena, 25 appearances for uh, Iga Sviontek in the first uh, WTA 1000 for the year. So didn't see the best of her in Australia. She's made one semi-final at the Australian Open, but we know uh, that's still a work in progress to win an Australian Open, three French Opens, one US Open, and she'd love a better performance at Wimbledon uh, to uh, certainly uh, become that complete Grand Slam play. But at these events, uh, she is uh, tough to beat. Uh, Osaka quarterfinals we mentioned. Uh, the other one has had a bit of a resurgence at the moment is Karolina Pliskova, who, uh, of course, won in Romania and has uh, made a semi-final uh, here in uh, Doha at the WTA 1000. Uh, the other bit of news from this tournament, I don't know if you caught uh, the Elena Ostapenko, Victoria Azarenka, no handshake. Now, Azarenka won this match uh, three in love. Elena offered a little racket tap. It went viral. And, of course, plenty of people, you know, sticking the boots into Yelena, you know, say, oh, push, she lost, uh, you know, not uh, acknowledging the other player. And we know she's got, you know, a lot of drama going on in her matches, quite theatrical. I think there's another side to Yelena. I think I actually like her, to be totally honest. But um, we actually learnt uh, back on February the 4th that uh, Latvian, the Latvian parliament it actually voted to ban its national teams from playing any national teams from uh, Russia or Belarus as a uh, gesture of solidarity with uh, Ukraine. So uh, many people uh, drew that as the conclusion that uh, once that announcement was made, she wasn't prepared to actually uh, shake hands with Azarenka, acknowledge her with a little uh, racket tap, which we saw during uh, the COVID times when we couldn't actually uh, shake hands. But uh, that was the other little uh, talking point. And uh, Maria Sakari who uh, any of you, you know, if you watch the breakpoint 
uh, Netflix series, of course, uh, the second series out now, uh, know what she's been through in the last 12 months. I mean, she's lost form. She's uh, just, I suppose, really lost her way in terms of, you know, elevating her game up to the next level. Got to three in the world, but... You know, has been found out, a little one-dimensional, and announcing her uh, split this week with uh, Tom Hill, one of, if not the youngest coach on the WTA Tour. Been together for six years, have done some terrific things. I mean, Maria, gee, we wouldn't have even at one stage forecasted her as a top 10 player, maybe a Grand Slam uh, potential winner, but she certainly slipped uh, back in the pack and uh, went out to early to uh, Linda Noskova, who, of course, made the semis of the Australian Open and is a, a real talent, the young uh, Czech uh, but uh, Maria Sarkari will wait and see, of course, from a, a Greek point of view, the same week that Stefanos Tsitsipas has dropped out of the top 10, which means that for the first time ever, the top 10 doesn't have a single-handed backhand. All double-handed. There you go. Did you know that? 0433981116 on the text. We put out at the start of the show, Tennis Australia pondering the introduction of an historic Sunday night women's final with all manner of format tweaks on the table during its annual Australian Open uh, debrief and moving the men to the uh, Saturday night. A couple here uh, on the text. So, Brett, the easier option might be just to start the men's final a little earlier. 7.30pm seems late and surely just increases the risk of a 1am finish. 5.30 start on Sunday would be ideal, Damien, at Colac. Look, you make a lot of sense, uh, Damien, but the fact of the matter is Channel 9 have the broadcast rights, they put a lot of money and they're not going to shift the news. The news is their flagship and the tennis will never start earlier. Unless there's a dramatic uh, shift just for the Australian Open as a sort of one-off event for the year. Um, so nothing's impossible, but, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not in the newsroom at Channel 9, I'm not... Uh, operate a TV station, but they like consistency. I mean, people like to know their news is on at six. I tune in at six o'clock for the news. That's how I design my day, and I'm I'm there to watch a news bulletin. I know a lot of people consume their news um, from other sources and don't necessarily sit there and watch the news the old-fashioned way uh, because you can source news, you know, here, there, and everywhere, and people are out and about and away from the television, but. Look, uh, that twilight, whether it be 5.30, 4.30 would be terrific. Doubles into uh, the final, but I don't think it's going to be any earlier than probably 7 or 7.30. Uh, Nick says, the women's final this year was a walkover, finished in a touch over an hour. Talk about ending a tournament on a week. No, too much of a risk. We may uh, get the odd titanic struggle in the women's final, but it's the exception, not the rule, unfortunately. Nick, thank you for your view. You can uh, send your views in right throughout the evening. Evening, Brett. Uh, keep it the same, please. It's a nice thought, but the issue is the late start time, not suitable for the punters that go. Both the men's and women's need to go to four sets with 10-point tiebreaker of two sets all. Tennis has to get the time taken for matches. The same for both groups, then scheduling as advertisers want people watching. Greg at East Ringwood with a uh, thought. So you can think laterally, you can think straight down the line, you can, wherever your mind wanders tonight about the men going to Saturday, the women going to Sunday, but if you've got another solution you want to throw in to the melting pot, you can do that, 0433981116. So well done to Iga Sviontek. She wins the first WTA 1000 for the year. After the break, Yannick Sinner. He is absolutely flying the Italian. Alex Dumanor is going okay as well. We'll touch on that next. one 736 736 The lines are open for you. The first serve, your home of tennis. 
Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Greenlight Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back, uh, the first serve on this uh, Monday night. You can always check out our website, thefirstserve.com.au, which is ticking over daily, all our social media channels where we uh, keep you abreast of all the tennis news, whether you're a Facebook person, you love X, or you're on Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, wherever you lean socially, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to give us a call, or 0433981116 if you want to send us a text. And you can always communicate with me in longer form during the week. If you want to get something off your chest, you want to give us some real uh, insights into things you're observing in tennis, things that you know, the first serve, SEN at gmail.com. Uh, BP, no news on a Sunday night in January except Australian Open tennis final. Nine could finish at 6.30 Sunday and get on with the final. Mark from Ashburton. Thank you, Mark. Max is in uh, a beautiful part of the world. In fact, Max, I was down your way at Rosebud on the weekend, the Mornington Peninsula. What a spot, Max. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. How are you going, guys? Um, Good. I just thought I'd throw my two bobs worth in. Um, the men and women both get the same amount of money and um, I, I, I'm having trouble. The women get the same prize money and yet they only play three sets. So I don't think that's really fair. Well, Max, uh, this is an old chestnut and it gets brought up all the time. And this is, a, this is my simple explanation. The men and the women in tennis, they're all professional athletes. They put the same amount of preparation into being a professional athlete. The same amount of time on the practice court, the same amount of time in the gym, the same amount of time doing media at the venue, the same amount of time doing appearances. They are professional athletes. Tennis has led the way here in terms of giving the women bigger prominence. Now, this only happens at the majors. There's still work to do at tour level. So the ATP are more flush than the WTA, hence prize money is a lot more for the general tour events, 1,500, 250 level. Now, the WTA has talked about by, I think it's 2033, having total equality of prize money right across uh, the tour events up with the men. That needs a huge cash injection income the Saudis over the next few years and other investments into tennis and we might get uh, to that level. It'd be a scheduling nightmare at the Grand Slams if you played women's and men's all best of five when you've got 256 players in a draw and you're trying to get through all that in a fortnight. Now, I don't have the exact stat on it, but I have said it on this program before. In my head, as someone who covers a lot of tennis, watches a lot of matches, there are many, many women's matches, best of three, that go longer than a men's best of five who uh, a play gets cleaned up in straight sets. It could be an hour and a half. You've got women's matches going three hours sometimes. The rallies are a bit more extended. Not quite the total weaponry of the men. So it's an it's a argument that gets brought up all the time. You know, why are women and men getting paid, uh, you know, exactly the same? Women only play best of three. Well, scheduling, it just doesn't work. And they are professional athletes. They're all professional athletes who put the same amount of time into their uh, tennis careers. Thank you, Max. I really appreciate your call. Evening, Brett. How about getting rid of advantage? Once a game hits uh, juice, next point wins the game. Ben from Officer. I don't know if you've been listening, Ben, the last few weeks. I've been banging on about sudden death juice. I love it personally. I know not everyone does, and there are the traditionalists who love the back and forth of juice advantage and the drama around that. 
But uh, we've seen it in doubles. We've seen it in the next gen. I, I just love the sudden death juice. It comes down to that moment. So, Ben, I'm with you. We'll see where that all goes as tennis looks to, you know, continue to evolve as a, uh, as a product. Keep your thoughts coming through. 0433981116 on the temper text. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line. Just to finish off, uh, Doha, uh, Demi Schurz and Luisa Stefani, the uh, Dutch-Brazilian duo taking out the doubles. They, in fact, beat the Australian Open uh, champions, uh, Shea Suwe and Elise Mertens, in the uh, the quarterfinals and uh, went on to win the tournament, defeating Krajicek, uh, Krajicek and also Dolohai, the American duo. We need to get on to Yannick Sinner, the young man who we could almost just adopt as an Aussie. I mean, him and Alex Dumanor are nice and cosy, the best of mates at their presentation uh, today. They played a great final. Sinner, the hottest player in the game right now. Um, it's victory for Yannick Sinner, the new champion in Rotterdam. Quite brilliant final, and Sinner will celebrate by becoming the highest ranked Italian male ever. On Monday, he'll be up to number three. It's 15 wins in a row. He is the man to beat right now in men's tennis. Alex Uh, obviously want to congratulate Yannick and his team. I mean, what you've done not only this week, but this whole year, it's great to see and it couldn't happen to a better guy. So welcome to the whole team. You guys uh, deserve it. So I told him jokingly if he's going to lose a match this year, which I'm not too sure. Um, he's playing at an incredible level and, yeah, too good. Uh, I'll get you back next time, though. I want to say thank you to... To my team, my family, my friends, all the support. Throughout all the years, we're slowly getting where we want to be. Another big step in the right direction, and we're going to fight for bigger and better things. So thank you, guys. The crowd, a packed stadium from the very first match. Um... So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an unbelievable week, and uh, I don't mind spending my birthday in Rotterdam every year. So thank you. Alex. Once again against you, it's uh, it's very tough to play against you. It's it's better if we see each other on the same side playing doubles than playing against. But you're one of the kindest guys on tour. It's uh, really nice to have you around. Really nice to to talk with you also about other stuff. To you and your team, you're you're an amazing team, and and, and just keep working because you're doing great great job. You are improving week after week. So I wish you all the best for the season. My team, we have done. A really good job some some weeks ago and now and now we made a very very good job here i'm really proud about my level what i what i played throughout this this whole week we have been in a a tough situation but i guess we we handled it in the right way so thank you so much we will always try to to improve so it's the most important crowd it just has been amazing you are such a fair crowd, even when you play against uh, local players here. It's, you have a lot of respect. That's why uh, one of the reasons why I love to play here and see all guys next year. Thank you so much. Alex, uh, Yannick, thanks so much for this week of amazing uh, tennis. I mean, uh, the level you displayed for me has been just 
incredible. I'm so happy I played in the 90s. What you've shown here, both of you, the, the future of tennis is in safe hands with your generation. I mean, the sport is getting better every every year. A lot has changed, Yannick. Uh, you came here four years ago, next-gen champion. You needed a wild card. Now you came back, Grand Slam champion, tournament champion. Yeah, we're just very proud, uh, honored to be just a small part uh, in this incredible journey that you've made over these last four years. So thank you for that. The only thing that hasn't changed is the way you talk to your young fans. I mean, we know from four years ago, you were a humble, kind guy, and you still are like that. So thanks so much. And you're the champion on and off the court, true champion. 198 countries. So thank you for that worldwide. The voice of uh, Richard Krajicek there at the M, tournament director, 1996 Wimbledon champion, as he said, uh, he's quite happy he played in the 90s because the uh, level of ball striking is uh, pretty brutal uh, these days. It's a great tournament, Rotterdam. Indoors, 500. Uh, the crowds, as Alex said, you know, from the first round, Pack Stadium, and just the whole presentation, uh, it is brilliant. It, it, it's actually the one event. And I think more tournaments should do this, where the players actually walk through the crowd onto the court rather than coming from the tunnel or, you know, an entrance away from the public. They actually walk through uh, the crowd, which I love. I think more tournaments should actually uh, do that. But Yannick Sinner, whatever way you look at it, I mean, 12 straight wins on the tour this year. Then you add in the two wins he had at Kuyong, 14. Then you go back and add on the three Davis Cup wins he had. And, of course, he lost the tour finals in Torinda Djokovic. So in all matches completed, he's won 17 straight. And he's just uh, absolutely flying. Three in the world. It wasn't absolutely his best performance uh, today, but the best players, they just find a way when the going gets tough, don't they? And you know, he took one break of serve early in that first set and then uh, Demonor got it back to five all. And then it sort of uh, got away from there, 7-5 and 6-4, you know, a break of serve in the second. So Alex's level is better. Yes, he's 0-7 and seven against Sinner. Uh, they're, they're the raw numbers. Uh, but he'll take a lot out of that. His level has gone up, uh, Demon or Nine in the world. You know, we said a few weeks ago, if he can consolidate and be somewhere between 5 and 10 this year in the rankings, that's going to be an incredible job. But he's got the respect of the entire playing group. They don't like being matched up against him because they know they're in for one hell of a workout. Just one defeat he's had uh, since October. Yannick Sinner since losing to Djokovic in Turin. In fact, since 1988, the best unbeaten starts to an ATP season. Uh, Djokovic, extraordinary when you think of it, 41-0 uh, 2011. He was 26-0 2020. Nadal in 2022 won his first 20 matches. And the best that Roger did was all the way back in 2006, he won 16. Uh, so Djokovic there is the leader, 41-26. The way Sinner's playing, as Alex said, uh, when's he going to drop a match? Going beautifully. So he won't play this week on the tour. Uh, then we've got, uh, what, Acapulco. I'm not sure if he's in the entry list for that. I'll double-check that. And, of course, Indian Wells, not too far away. But he's getting up to that level where he can start to pick and choose uh, the tournaments a bit. But uh, Yannick Sinner, Alex Dimonor, Tennis is in safe hands. Two good young men with great heads on their shoulders, surrounded by good people. It was great to see Alex's family. I was lucky enough to interview and meet his mum, Esther, at Wimbledon a few years ago, and you can contact Esther direct. She'll jump on every now and then. I think we had her on the radio last year, 
And she and Alex's siblings, who live in Spain, of course, don't get to see him live uh, too often. So to see uh, a couple of his sisters, I think his younger brother might have been in the crowd as well, and mum, uh, that means a lot to a guy like Alex Dimonor, who, like all the tennis players, are living out of a suitcase, travelling the world uh, right throughout the year. Uh, Rotterdam, in terms of the doubles, uh, Wesley Kulov and uh, Nikola Mektic uh, taking out uh, the title up against Hasse and Van der Schanschild, 6-3, uh, 7-5. In fact, um, Botik Van der Schanschild, he'll be very happy if he doesn't get drawn Yannick Sinner for the rest of his career. First round Australian Open, first round Rotterdam. And then, of course, uh, Sinner beat uh, Monfils, dropped a set in that. Milos Raonic in the quarters, who had to retire at one all in the second. And Telen Griegspoor. This guy's improved unbelievably in the last uh, two years. You would not have seen that coming. Home soil there in the Netherlands. He made the semi-finals, but uh, Sinner was just uh, a little too good. So well done to that tournament. I think it has been voted uh, by the players over the years as one of their favourite tournaments. They get well looked after. It's just a, a passionate Dutch crowd who absolutely love their tennis. And that's what we want to see at all the tour events, uh, full houses uh, right across all uh, these cities. Uh, Chris Evert versus Martina was excellent tenor, tennis off the temper text. Where are the female rivalries? I can't name one. Well, I think certainly Sviontek Sabalenka, Sviontek Rybakina, Sabalenka uh, Rybakina, and then you throw Coco Goff in there. I think we're starting to develop uh, a form of rivalry. We need, obviously, a lot more head-to-heads to happen between all these players who have got a lot of tennis in front of them. I mean, Coco's, what, 19, Iga Sviontek's 22, Sabalenka's about 25, Rybakina's only early 20. So they're going to play a lot more tennis against each other. Um, but, yeah, Sviontek Rybakina, it uh, hasn't quite, it hasn't got the, a feisty edge uh, to it, but it's competitive. And then, uh, you know, Sviontek and Rybakina, uh, Sviontek and uh, Sabalenka, of course, going back and forth with the number one ranking uh, last year, and there's 1,395 spots separating uh, those two. So they're going to play uh, some great finals against each other uh, going forward. We'll slip in a break. Uh, Delray Beach, final's going to be tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday, our time, uh, for a place that's got beautiful palm trees and it's always sunny. On finals day Sunday in Delray Beach, it did not stop raining for the entire day. We'll bring you up to speed on that next. More of your texts, your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The first serve, your home of tennis. Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Greenlight Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Uh, nice work, uh, Ed. Uh, great to have your company uh, tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line. You can jump on the 40 Winks temper text 0433981116. Brett Phillips uh, in the chair. A good one posed here on the text. Demon Ort needs to find an extra 10%. Where does that come from? It's all, all the little areas combined, really, for me. I mean, he's doing a lot right, a lot right on the tennis court, Alex. I mean, a lot of people didn't think he was ever going to get into the top 10. So who knows what his uh, ceiling is? Yes, as we look at the you know top 10 right now, he is surrounded by some extraordinary talent. Can he get the better of the head-to-heads across the journey? So he turns 25 uh, during the Rotterdam tournament. So he's heading towards the peak of his career. Uh, I've got to say, though, I mean, the amount of aces he served uh, in Rotterdam, his serving has got better, getting uh, three points off the serve. We know that 
He's got the wheels to get around. He can play every shot. He's comfortable coming forward. It's just fine margins. I mean, you lose a match to Sinner seven five six four. There's not much in that. So it's not like he walks away thinking, "Gee, the difference between three in the world and nine in the world is is huge." It's all the little little moments. So he probably loves some of those back. Uh, I mean, he's so good at saving break points, uh, Demonor. He's serving. I think it's got a lot better. He's generating more power off the ground. It's just trying to make those incremental improvements. And he is physically what he is, but he'll continue to chip away there and try and build a bit more muscle and really compete with these guys. Uh, When you are talking underpaid, what about tennis commentators? Please elaborate. Where are you you heading with that one? If you're talking about me, you can send a note to Archie if you like. No, I'm only joking. I tell you what, uh, I might put that out there as well. For those of you that consume a lot of tennis... Who are your favourite tennis commentators? Well, you heard the beautiful dulcet tones of Nick Lester before. Robbie Koenig, it's hard to go past uh, Robbie. Uh, There's many, many fine commentators who do this week in, uh, week out, who we speak to on this program uh, uh, throughout the year. But your favourite tennis commentator, 0433981116 or 1300 736 736. So to round out uh, the men in terms of the tour events in the last week, well, we didn't get the final completed today in Delray Beach, the annual ATP uh, 250. Taylor Fritz and Tommy Paul, the two Americans who've played uh, way back to the junior days, uh, good mates. They both are through. Fritz uh, beating Marcus Giron, who has had a couple of good weeks, a final and a semi-final. Dallas and Delray Beach, he's improved a lot to uh, get his ranking up, but uh, Fritz was too good. 7-6-6-2. A quick word from uh, Taylor Fritz speaking with uh, Blair Henley. Taylor, congratulations. You are headed to your second straight Delray Beach Open final. Marcos did not make it easy on you tonight. A lot of momentum shifts in this match. What did you think you did best in front of another incredible night crowd here in Delray? Uh, you know, I was, I was up in the first. I was playing well. I... I missed some chances later on in the set, but, you know, I felt like he, he played all those, those points really well, and I just didn't let, it, uh, I didn't let it bother me too much. You know, he played a lot of good points uh, on a lot of big points, and it was really frustrating, but I always uh, came back, especially in the tiebreaker, and just kept, uh, just kept playing really well in the big points, and I didn't, uh, just didn't get frustrated. We saw some Taylor Fritz at the net action tonight, which hasn't always been a hallmark of your game. There was a really clutch volley in the first set tiebreak. Have you been working on that? Is that something you're hoping to be more comfortable with? I mean, I've been working on it for the last, last eight years. It's just... How's it going? I mean, I feel... Obviously, I feel pretty good about it uh, to, to attempt what I went for on, you know, such a big point of the tiebreaker and... and you know, sometimes I come in and I feel I feel really calm like that time, and sometimes I come in and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, we we we've been working on it, so I'm I'm glad I was able to have some success coming in tonight. All right, you get Tommy Paul tomorrow, a player you know well as a professional, but you guys also go way way back to playing here as juniors in Delray, uh, hanging out in South Florida. I was talking to Tommy about how fitting it is to have the first ever All-American semi here in Delray because of that. What do you remember about you guys when you were young? Um, I have a funny story. The first time that that Tommy and I. Uh, ever played each other he didn't he didn't know me we weren't friends at the time we were really young he was way better than me he he got called on court at the same time as francis i think and they had a 
they had a had a bet with each other to see who could who could win faster. So I was just the poor guy that he was beating down on. Have have you taken it to him since then? Have you repaid the favor? I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what our record is, but uh, you know, he's got he's gotten me a couple of times. I've gotten him a couple of times. It's a uh, you know, it's a pretty close head to head. Taylor Fritz, uh, top seed, speaking with Blair Henley, cool cat. Uh, Taylor, a man from uh, Southern California, who's uh, through to the final. And he beat, in fact, Rinky Hijikata, the Australian in the quarters. Not a bad week for Rinky, who took down Matteo Alnaldi, the Italian half. He's ranking at 40 in the world, Rinky at 80. So he's jumped up a few spots. Well, that was a pretty defining win for Hijikata, who's uh, still trying to prove himself at certainly ATP Tour level. But uh, he won that one, Rinky, 6-2-3-6-6-4. But uh, went down to Fritz uh, 3 and 3. So Taylor Fritz uh, through to play uh, Tommy Paul. We might uh, take a break. We'll come back on the other side and have a listen to uh, Tommy Paul, who's looking for back-to-back titles, Dallas and Delray. That up next on the first serve. Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Greenlight Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back. Uh, I'll, I'll save Tommy Paul until after our uh, next break. I'm going to run out of time to uh, hear from the other American who will be in that Delray Beach uh, final. Early hours of tomorrow morning, uh, our time, up against uh, Taylor Fritz. I know we had one on the text. Uh, Carlos Elcaraz has had an average start to the year. He needs to fire up. I'll touch on that after 9 o'clock as well because that was an incredible story out of the uh, Argentina Open. Facundo Diaz Acosta, the wild card, winning that uh, tournament over Nicholas Jarry, who'd beaten Carlos Elcaraz in the semifinals. So I'll get to all of that. And also the Challenger ITF uh, results, uh, Tennis Victoria Country Week. I actually went down to Frankston Centenary Tennis Club on uh, Friday to take a look at the Victorian Hardcore Championship. So I'll tell you about that as well. But I'm looking forward to getting to Indian Wells over the next uh, week or two. And the I can tell you the crowd at Indian Wells love their doubles. The entry deadline is today. Have a look at some of these pairings. So Rublev, H- Rublev Hutchinov, her catch Greg's poor. Fritz and Lehechka, Manorino Bublik as a doubles pairing. I like it. Uh, Sarondolo and Norrie, Shelton and Eubanks, Sinner and Sonigo, Demonor and Popran from an Australian point of view, Zverev and Marcelo Mello, who's always in the Zverev box, uh, Dimitrov and Evans, Felix Auger, Aliasim and Sebastian Corda, Francis Tiafo and Mackenzie McDonald, and the Sitsi Pass brothers to play uh, together. Of course, repeating that news, Stefano Sitsipas today dropping out of the top 10 for the first time in quite a while. So no single-handed backhand in the top 10 for the first time ever. Uh, but he'll play with his brother, Petros, in uh, the Indian Wells uh, doubles. Amazon Prime set to release a documentary about Roger Federer, his retirement in the 12 days uh, leading up to it, as well as focusing on some of his biggest rivalries which will be released during the Wimbledon season. So we'll tell you more about that closer too. But uh, for all of us that uh, miss and uh, love Roger, we're uh, pretty uh, happy about that. So uh, there's a couple of other bits of uh, tennis news uh, going around. And uh, I'll touch on also, and we'll uh, listen back to a little bit of Peter Johnston from last week out of uh, 9 o'clock in regard to, of course, uh, TV exposure for tennis in this country. 
Uh, we'll uh, touch on that a little bit later on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to give us a call on the Harcourts open line, uh, 0433981116 on the temper text. And, of course, Green Life Group, we love their support here on the first serve, elevating your game on premium sports services. Once again, uh, getting behind us. Thefirstserve.com.au is our website. Check out our socials, of course, and you will not miss uh, a moment as we uh, gear up for another big week of tennis. I'll also, after nine, tell you where all the Aussies will be playing this uh, coming week. Stick around. Another hour to come. The First Serve, your home of tennis here on SEN. Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Greenlight Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the second hour of the first serve at live every Monday night right across the SEN network, wherever you are across Australia, across New Zealand. Uh, download the SEN app if you haven't, if you're a tennis fan and you know about us, but you might not know about everything that happens at SEN. If you love sport, uh, the SEN app is uh, the best way to uh, take this radio station with you here, there and everywhere. You can Bluetooth it to the car, you can be at the gym Walking the Dog, SEN app, download that to your phone. My favourite tennis commentator is Mark Woodford. I'm not ashamed to admit I have a man crush on him. Well, I've got to say, for our texter, during the Australian Open, I sit in extremely close proximity to Mark. Uh, We have the cosiest commentary box in the bunker of any of the boxes, ESPN, Channel 9, BBC, AO Radio and us. And uh, Mark and I are almost on each other's lap. And, look, I don't know if I have a man crash on Mark. We do exchange a lot of text messages uh, throughout the year. Uh, I'm sure he won't be listening right now because he's... uh, I don't know where Mark is. He was at the Davis Cup. Of course, I'll catch up with him at Indian Wells. He resides in the desert over in California. Uh, But... Uh, Mark leaves me the longest voice messages, which are great because the intel he's got and the information he's feeding me is just uh, invaluable for someone like me in this role, uh, for a man that's in the trenches and uh, knows everything that's happening in uh, tennis. But I need to set aside, it's like an appointment. I need to set aside an appointment in the diary to listen to Mark's uh, voice messages. And uh, he loves the blues. He'd be very happy uh, today that the great Scotty Pippen and Luke Longley came in to visit uh, the Carlton Footy Club, his beloved Blues, just to inspire Michael Voss and the team uh, for uh, 2024. We put out at the start of the show, on the back of the news coming through in the last week, that Tennis Australia is pondering the introduction of an historic Sunday night women's final with all manner of format tweaks on the table during its annual Australian Open debrief. If you just tuning in, we've got quite a bit of correspondence coming through, some for the change, uh, some against it. Uh, while the radical move is unlikely to take place in 2025, flipping the men's and women's finals is seen as a win-win for fans, not least those watching on the TV. If you want to weigh in to that discussion... 0433981116 on the temper text, one 736 736 on the Harcourts open line. So knowing they had to rise for work on Monday morning, tens of thousands switched off and went to bed when Daniil Medvedev led Yannick Sinner two sets to love in this year's men's title match. This article written for AAP by 
Uh, Darren Walton, of course, uh, last week is in the know. And now that this has been floated, I think it's an absolute monty that will probably be changed. But we'll have to wait and see. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Billy is in Ascot Vale. He's uh, given us a call on the uh, Harcourt's uh, open line. Uh, Bill, always nice to have you on the program. Yeah. I've got you, Billy. Yeah, all right. Can you hear me now, BP? Loud and clear. All right. BP, just regarding the um, the men's and women's final and they're sort of planning for next year for this time in April the year after, is it possible to have the women on a Saturday night starting at, let's just say, 5 o'clock and then the men on the same night starting at 9 o'clock? I mean, having a double header, would that be better being a Saturday night that there's no school on a Sunday or... Which is, yeah, I think that's not a really good idea. I just wanted your opinion. Yeah, and, and I like some, uh, I like some lateral uh, thinking. I just don't think it'll happen because they'll want to maximise the whole two weeks and you know crowds on a Sunday. We had a million people through the gates, didn't we? So they're not going to give up. They're not going to give up uh, one of those weekend days so the tournament finishes uh, on a Saturday. I know we had one suggestion in the first hour: women Friday night you know, men Saturday night to conclude the tournament. You have to get up for work on both uh, those uh, particular days and Sunday's clear. But I don't, I don't think, you know, Tennis Australia, I can absolutely say categorically not going to do that in terms of giving up uh, one of the weekend days. If anything, you know, the Sunday start, which is now going to be a firm fixture, that could become a Saturday start potentially. Who knows where all that will head. I think, you know, from some information that's been fed to me you know, probably Tennis Australia would love to start uh, the Australian Open on the Saturday and have three full weekends to really maximise crowds, attendances uh, and everything else and make it a real three-week uh, festival and you add on the qualifying week uh, as well and you've got uh, a smorgasbord as tennis through uh, January. So I can never see it being a double header because of the uncertainty of when those matches will finish too in the turnaround because you need to give the prestige to the finals unlike the tour events who can sometimes play on the same day. But that really happens. I can't think of that where that happens at 1,000 level. But in terms of, you know, the pre-match ceremony and everything that goes with it, yeah, I, I like your thinking, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, one 736 736 if you want to uh, give us a call, 0433 We might have a listen to uh, Tommy Paul. Uh, I did uh, hold off uh, Tommy just before uh, 9 o'clock. We heard from Taylor Fritz. Tommy will be his opponent. Delray Beach final. It's going to be a Monday final over in the US. And the American, he won Dallas last week, looking to make a back-to-back uh, victories. Tommy, congratulations. I know how much you love Francis, and obviously this was a tough one for him today, but you came out solid from the very first game. What did you like best about that performance? Uh, I mean, like you said, I, I feel like I came out playing really well from the jump, and I uh, was able to maintain my level throughout the whole match. That's obviously super difficult with a guy as talented and as good as Francis is. He can uh, change a match so quickly. So that was the goal to uh, keep my momentum going throughout the whole match. I thought it did a pretty good job. You are headed to your second straight final. You've now won second, seven matches in 11 days. Obviously, there's wear and tear on the body, but does the confidence kind of make up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit more confidence to go after those shots on uh, break points or uh, deuce points. I mean, that, that always helps. Confidence is huge in, in this sport. And uh, obviously, I mean, I'm playing well right now. Today, I think I played one of the best matches of the year, if not past 
two years because uh, I didn't miss too many balls at all today. There are four Americans in the semis here for the first time in tournament history. And I love that it happened here, a place where you guys all played at juniors. I think you came to watch as a kid. What was this American crew like when you guys were younger? And how cool is it to be doing well together? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I think I played almost half the people in the semis at this place on, on the national clay court. So uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we've been here for a long time, and now we're playing on the biggest stage in Delray. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's been absolutely amazing. All right, looking forward to the final. You get the winner of Taylor Fritz, a guy you played seven times professionally, and Marcos Giron, who you just played in the final in Dallas just a few days ago. How long do you get to enjoy this win before you have to start thinking about what's next? Uh, about like five minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, whenever that match starts, I'll be watching that and uh, getting ready for that one. So I'm pumped. I think that's going to be a great match. Hopefully you guys are staying to watch that one too. And uh, then we'll be back tomorrow. All right, one quick last thing for you, Tommy. I know you're adulting now. You're a homeowner, you're a local, and you're playing two guys who are from California while you've been enjoying sleeping in your own bed. Your mom's planting fruit trees in the backyard or front yard. What do you like most about your house? Have you contributed at all to the decoration? What's the best part? Oh, no, I haven't done too much at all. I've been pretty lazy about it. I, I practice a lot around here, so uh, normally I get back and I just want to lay down on the couch or the bed. So I would say those are my two favorite things in the house. Thank you, Tommy. There you go. Great insights into uh, everything tennis and non-tennis. Blair Henley does a terrific job at all uh, the American events. And, of course, he played the uh, the first semifinal. So, yeah, confirmation he'll play uh, Taylor Fritz, of course. Uh, Mark in Sydenham on the Harcourts open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Hello, Mark. Good evening. How are you going? Going beautifully. Yourself? Uh, not too bad. Look, a couple of things I wanted to say. The first one is, Fantastic result by Demonor. Coming second to the Australian Open champion is definitely no disgrace. As he said, he's the form player in the country. So to come second to the form player in the world is not a bad thing at all. What I wanted to ask about the Australian Open was, one, what are the chances of the evening session being started earlier? And two, what's the chances of the women's match being played before the men's one because the men's match always has the possibility of running later. Yeah, Mark, we just had the text in. Uh, sorry, we had the call from uh, Billy and I had, had a couple of texts in uh, tonight. Um, and I've said this a few times in the last few weeks when we're talking about scheduling. I mean, unless Channel 9 are making a dramatic shift here and... Uh, because, you know, you're not, you're, not, you're not putting the finals on 9 Gem, right? You're putting the finals on Channel 9, the main station. And the news service is the staple, right? So we play everything around the news. Uh, so whether you, um, you know, drop the news or abbreviate the news or you uh, you put the news on the second channel, that, that's not, not going to happen, though, because not everyone's into tennis, right? So... <laughs> The news is what everyone, um, you know, people who like tennis or don't like tennis are tuning in for. Uh, so you, to play both finals on the same day at a Grand Slam just wouldn't work because the, the presentation ceremonies take longer, as we know. Uh, the uncertainty of um, match time and and then the pre-finals uh, uh, setup where we have 
you know, things going on. The Australian Open, we have performances on court, the trophy's been brought out. So that's never going to happen that we'll have both finals uh, on the same day. But could we start the finals a little bit earlier? It's more twilight. I'm not the absolute expert in terms of what can be negotiated or not. And, I'm look, I'm keen to talk to uh, Channel 9 over the next uh, couple of weeks and certainly to Tennis Australia to see what is being thrown around going forward. I mean, Craig Tiley will continue to innovate and try and do some different things, which I think is great. And the fact we're floating maybe, you know, a change for the men and the women, because it's always been like that in tennis. The men finish off at the uh, men's and women's combined events, whether it be the slams or the uh, 1,000 tournaments where they are on site together. It's always the men as the final product. Should it always be that way? I mean, it doesn't faze me either way, but I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not object to change in that regard. Uh, so... Yeah, we'll wait and see, hey? We'll wait and see. I think now that it's on the table, uh, it's, it's almost a guarantee for me that this is probably going to happen. Now, whether the other slams would follow suit uh, is uh, a lot to contemplate there. But Craig Tolley's going to continue to sort of agitate, isn't he? I mean, there's a Grand Slam committee set up where all uh, the slams come together, you know, talking about prize money. We've had equality in prize money. We've now got uh, the match tie break, so we've got the same result uh, at the end of each of the slams. Are we going to get to the stage of no lets at the majors if uh, Craig Tiley has his way? Will that be introduced into tour level? Yeah, there's lots to uh, play out. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Long-winded answer. Troy, off the text. Brett, best two hours of radio on SEN. You're too kind, Troy. Sinner seems unbeatable at the moment. Do you think his form will hold up on the clay uh, later in the year? It's a long year, there's no doubt. It, it, it's the biggest challenge. This is why Federer and Nadal and Djokovic have been able to separate themselves in the last 20 years because they can do this and keep up this level right throughout the year. I mean, we've got some absolute gems at the top, haven't we? You know, in terms of the younger brigade, that they look like they're going to be sticking around for quite some time. So Sinner right now is the talk of the town. We've almost forgotten about Alcaraz. I want to talk about him in just a moment. You know, Rune is having a few difficulties, um, you know, just locking down a coaching team, a lot of chopping and changing there. And there's a few emerging outside of the uh, top 10. But, yeah, Yannick is just seeing the ball beautifully. He's he's um, he's so sure of himself out on the tennis court. I mean, it's not only his tennis. It's how far he's come as a person in just dealing with being in the spotlight. He seems so comfortable. He's got to you – know, and to have the counsel of um, uh, Darren Cale, who wasn't in Rotterdam. He's there for the big events. But someone that, you know, is right in the trenches with uh, Sinner, just guiding him through this young career – and there's so much upside still. So, yeah, I think he'll he'll certainly have a very good record. He was 64 and 15 win loss uh, last year, so he'll be he'll be up around that mark and and certainly contesting at the big events at the business end. You don't win every final you play. You don't win every semi final. Uh, we've seen that across the history of time, and you know there's no doubt he's not going to be falling away. So he's going to be right up there, uh, knocking on the door of every tournament he plays as a uh, title. Uh, contender. It's tough to win a title on the ATP Tour. Some don't ever win one. Some win one. Uh, You know, you've got to be extraordinary to win uh, Novak's 24 or Rafa's 22 or Rogers uh, 21. But this is a great story out of the weekend in Buenos Aires in Argentina. The wild card on home soil, which made it even more special for Kundo Diaz Acosta, winning for the first time on tour. 
He's got it this time. It is a beautiful day in Buenos Aires for Facundo Diaz Acosta. This is his city. These are his people. And this is his trophy. What a moment for the wild card from Argentina. The young man from Buenos Aires. This is the title he would have dreamed of. And that dream has become a reality. His first title on the ATP Tour. And he's done it in straight sets. 6-3, 6-4. Take it all in. An incredible achievement. And you can see it's such a team effort. All the people that have backed him and helped him throughout the years. Massive celebration for him. And as you said rightly, he would have grown up watching the past champions of this tournament, dreaming of being one of them. And to be in now in that same company as those great greats, not only from Argentina, but around the world. What a week. A dream end for him. All the team, all the loved ones, they all want a hug. But I think everyone inside Cork Yemavias wants to hug him. With the new EMS Argentina Open champion, Fagu, the microphone is yours. I don't know, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm very happy, I've been working a lot for this uh, with all my, my people, my family, my friends, my team. So very, very happy. Very happy indeed. It was great scenes. Uh, beating Nicholas Jarry, and he beat Altmaier in the first round, Sarondolo in the second round, Laovic in the quarterfinals, Federico Correa, it was a bit of a surprise packet coming through, beat uh, Norrie in the early part of the tournament, beat him in the semi, and then Nicholas Jarry with his sixth championship point. 23 years of age, wild card into the tournament. He began the week with just four two-a-level wins. Didn't drop a set. Joins Rafael Nadal as the only left-handed champion in the tournament's history. Jumps from 87 to 59 in the rankings. Uh, seventh Argentine, make it the sixth, sorry. Sixth Argentine champion in tournament history. So he's 2024, made uh, the quarterfinals of Cordoba last week. The Australian Open, he lost in the first round to Taylor Fritz. It went five, though. So he was uh, certainly on the way in building towards winning this title with some good performances this year. Uh, the Adelaide internationally got through qualifying, lost to Jordan Thompson fairly um, fairly easily, 2-2 two and two in the first round. Um, yeah, first time ATP champions in 2023. We had six for the year. This year, we've already had four and we're not even completed February. So Lehechka in Adelaide, Tabillo, uh, Doridi, of course, who won uh, Cordoba last week, Dardieri, the Italian. And uh, it's, it's great to see. It gives hope to everyone on the tour that, you know, the margins are small. You can have your week in the sun, and that just gives belief to a whole heap of players who are trying to bridge the gap, and the gap sometimes is not that big. In fact, on his Twitter account back in 2017, he said, difficult roads often lead to beautiful Destinations. Well, in this case, it uh, certainly uh, certainly has that. Is that like a, the Great Ocean Road? You know, you're trying to tackle the Great Ocean Road for the first time, just hoping you don't drive off the cliff, and then you land in Lawn, and you go, "What a place to be! What a place to be!" 
uh, Court Guillermo Villas. The Argent- can, you, can you feel that crowd? <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Davis Cup that Argentina probably have the best Davis Cup fans. Uh, the events in South America, they just bring a great atmosphere. So Nicholas Jerry, great week. Was he maybe a little bit spent uh, coming off his biggest career win defeating Carlos Elcarez, 7-6-6-3 in the semifinals? Uh, he didn't execute um, his best game, uh, certainly in terms of some of the unforced errors. But I had the question earlier about uh, Carlos Elcarez and where he's at. So hasn't uh, made a final since Cincinnati last year before the US Open. Hasn't won a title, Carlos, since saluting at Wimbledon in the middle of the year. He's still two in the world. And, you know, even for a player that's achieved so much at a young age, he's still going through some growing pains of just been able to get through the entire year. I mean, there's expectation now on Carlos that he should never lose a tennis match. And the reality is when you play a lot over a couple of decades, you are going to lose quite a few tennis matches. As good as Djokovic, Nadal and Federer have been, and the win-loss ratio is heavily uh, weighted towards winning, uh, you're going to lose matches across uh, the journey. So right now, all the talks about Yannick Sinner, which is great that Sinner has elevated himself right there with Alcaraz, which means that rivalry is going to intensify even more, which we want to see uh, post uh, once uh, Novak's done and when Rafa eventually does uh, hang up the racket. So yeah, he's not certainly firing on all cylinders. Didn't have Juan Carlos Ferrero with him for the start of the year and they've been so tight and so good together for the last six years. Didn't come to Australia having the knee operation. He feels more comfortable when Juan Carlos is uh, in the camp. But uh, there you go. Uh, a great win for Facundo Diaz Acosta, the wild card on home soil in Argentina. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, Simon Bellelli and uh, Vavrosori won the doubles. Uh, the runner-up, of course, to Matty Ebden and Rohan Bapana at the Australian Open uh, back in uh, January. So uh, they take out the doubles. Now, a couple on the text. Mark, I, um, maybe I misinterpreted what you were saying on the phone. So you're saying men's matches before women's matches I was referring to within the tournament. And I'd love to see the women's evening match before the men's match for the whole tournament. Okay. Well, that's a that's a pretty good point. Um, yeah, I, I think you know certainly yeah, that there's a lot of merit in what you're saying. Uh, the women's evening match before the men's match. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, I don't think it's you know, the worst thing to change it around occasionally uh, for those you know who've got tickets, particularly to Rod Laver Arena. Um, but yeah, I think it can be a, a mixture of both. To be uh, totally honest, let's get a, a quick break in. We'll uh, go through some challenger results. A bit happening on the ITF tour, tennis Victoria Country Week, and also the Victorian Hardcore Championships. I want to bring you a little bit of that as well. The first serve, your home of tennis. Whether it's tennis, football, or cricket, trust Greenlight Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Nice to have your company Monday night, the uh, first serve. Uh, Temper text, I'd like to see the 100-year-old tennis player who appeared on the front bar take on Brett Phillips. Bring it on. Bring it on. Brett, just tuned in, so apologies if you've spoken about this already, but what do you think of there being no one-handed backhand player in the men's top 10 for the first time in history when the rankings uh, come out? Hopefully such a beautiful shot won't completely die out, Michael up on the Sunshine Coast here. Brought up a few times, uh, Michael, with uh, Stefano Sitsipas uh, dropping out of the top 10. Uh, unbelievable, really, the <laughs> first time ever. Not a, a single-handed back end inside the top 10. Yeah, hopefully it's not uh, dying 
uh, that shot because aesthetically it is the most beautiful shot to watch in uh, full flow when we rattle off all the great names who uh, have made it, uh, made it their own, uh, playing that particular shot to great effect. Uh, Roger and Stan and uh, Dimitrov and uh, Pass, uh, many, many more. Dominic Team uh, when he was uh, flying a few years ago. So uh, hopefully it does not uh, does not die. I just wanted to back back over Delray Beach for a moment. I forgot to mention a couple of things. So Jordan Thompson quarterfinals up to a career high forty. Did lose to uh, Tommy Paulders into that final uh, tomorrow morning. I think Tomo's playing some pretty good tennis at the moment. Would love him to you know, certainly um, you know get up towards that sort of seated mark uh, for a Grand Slam. Do I think he's capable? I do. I know there's people who probably don't who aren't as bullish. Uh, super fit, great IQ. I, I just think he's playing as good a tennis as I've seen him play, Jordan Thompson. So he's one I've got a really close uh, eye on. Alexander Vukic went out first round, as did Max Purcell, who's had a bit of a mixed February. Drops down to 51. Uh, Max, he's lost a couple of matches on paper that he really should take to the bank. Not take those matches for granted because the margins are small and anyone lower ranked than you is always keen to uh, take your scalp. Uh, Thanasi Kokonakis absolutely stinked it up at Delray Beach uh, last week. Uh, lost to Alex Mickelson, this really exciting young American, one and two. And, you know, ranking now out to 103, uh, Kokonakis. He'll be in Los Cabos uh, this week. He came through winning a couple of qualifying matches, uh, but, you know, it was, um, was really ordinary, to be quite frank, in that uh, first round. So it's it's an interesting watch uh, Thanasi at the moment. Just a couple of challenges. Stefano Napolitano, the seventh uh, seed from Italy, up uh, 44 spots to 160 in the world, the 28-year-old. He won in Bangalore in uh, India, fourth uh, pro title. He was 3-12 and 12 in finals uh, coming in, so he was certainly due, second at ATP Challenger level. Adam Walton, we, uh, of course, uh, told you last week, won uh, the Challenger in Burnie down in Tasmania, went on to make the quarterfinals, had to make the quick dash from Burnie to Bangalore. Fair trek. Had uh, one day to acclimatise, went on to make the quarters. Uh, lost to uh, uh, Sumit Nagal, of course, the number two seed, the Indian, who is having a nice little uh, patch of form at the moment. Uh, school Kate Sekulich, Tomic and uh, Sweeney all went out uh, first round. Mikhail Kukushkin, remember Kukushkin? It was coached by his wife for about uh, 10 years. I think they're still married. That partnership ended on court in 2018. He's 36 years of age now. He's 16th ATP Challenger title. First, though, in six years, uh, winning in Bahrain. And, of course, won that one ATP Tour title uh, going uh, way back and made the fourth round of the Australian Open back in 2012. He beat uh, Richard Gasquet in that uh, final in uh, Bahrain. Uh, Zomba Piros of uh, Hungary, his fifth ATP Challenger title, so he's up uh, to 110, uh, close to his career high, 109. Uh, he won, of course, in uh, France, where Brandon Nakashima, uh, the next-gen winner of a couple of years ago, has certainly slipped back in the pack. 90 in the world, he got as high as 43. He was knocked out in the second round. Uh, Nakashima, and that uh, certainly opened up the draw. And a young man who I haven't come across before, so don't take the pronunciation of this uh, name to the bank, He's a Frenchman. We know they have a long production line of players. Clement Chedech, uh, the 22-year-old, uh, first ATP uh, Challenger win. He's won six times on the ITF Tour. And uh, he was the absolute outsider in uh, Glasgow at this Challenger, up 188 spots to 375. So you've just got to get your breakthrough. And rem- remember Marcus Willis? 
who came from nowhere uh, to play in the main draw of Wimbledon, going back, what was that, a decade ago now? He's, uh, he's floating around still. In fact, he won his 40th doubles title in that event at age uh, 33. I think he was about 25, 26 when he uh, came from the clouds to be in that uh, Wimbledon uh, main draw. A couple off the text, uh, BP, why is Ostapenko such a sore loser? Everything is rosy when she wins, but it's disrespectful when she loses. Not a good look for kids coming through the system, your thoughts. Well, we talked about it a little earlier. Yeah, she gave the little racket tap to Azarenka rather than uh, shaking her hand. Azarenka didn't quite understand what was going on, but as we explained in the first hour, the Latvian government is... Uh, forming a lot of solidarity with Ukraine, the parliament announcing that, and it might have been a reaction uh, to that. But actually, I had to listen to a podcast, the WTA Insider podcast today. Uh, Courtney Nguyen, their, their main writer, who does a great job, uh, having a 20-minute chat with Yelena. Can I ask you to have a listen to that? There are many aspects to Ostapenko. Certainly when she crosses the white line into the heat of battle, uh, she's a totally different personality uh, to uh, her off-court and just around the traps. So have a listen to that podcast. But, yeah, she can absolutely stink it up. I mean, she's no poker face at all, uh, Yelena. Uh, what is happening uh, this week? Uh, WTA 1000 in Dubai. Uh, watched a Storm Hunter uh, last night taken to the cleaners by Anna Kalinskaya, who's having a remarkable run. Adelaide, she beat Krachikova. Went on to have that uh, great run to make uh, the, uh, was it semis? Quarters at the Australian Open. Good deep run. Got through qualifying in Dubai, as did Storm, and uh, absolutely thrashed uh, Storm Hunter, 6-1, 6-2. So that was a surprising uh, scoreline. She'll team up with Katerina Siniakova in the doubles. Ellen Perez will play with Nicole uh, Melika Martinez. Taylor Preston will be back on the circuit this week, uh, playing the one two five in uh, Mexico. Uh, as we know, the Rio Open, uh, the uh, ATP 500, Carlos Alcaraz will be the top seed. Cam Norrie will be the number two seed. Uh, as far as uh, Los Cabos is concerned, this is where all the Aussies will be playing this week. So Kokonakis has got Jack Draper. Uh, Jordan Thompson has got Ernesto Escobedo, the Mexican wildcard. Rinky hijikata has got Miamir Kecmanovic. And Alexander Vukic is taking on, of course, Rodrigo Apacio Mendez, he's the uh, the young lefty from Mexico. He gets all the wild cards into uh, their tour events. So that'll be Los Cabos this week. Uh, the Demon, of course, has the bye in the opening round as he uh, jets over from uh, Rotterdam. Uh, John Pierce in the doubles. Purcell and Thompson, Hitchikata and Vukic, Andrew Harrison, Kopfer uh, will play after a pretty good week uh, the week previous. Uh, Qatar open, 250. Rublev will be the top seed. Hachinov will be the number two seed. Alexei Poprin to play for the first time uh, since the Australian Open. He'll take on Abdullah Shelbaya of Jordan, who's got the uh, wild card into that tournament. So that is a bit of a look as to what is happening on the ATP WTA. And, of course, the challenges in the ITS will be played uh, this week as well. A quick break. I'll touch on uh, Terelgan, where a lot of the Aussies are this week in Tennis Victoria Country Week. And the wrap-up of that next on The First Serve. Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Greenlife Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Every Monday night here on SEN, our 16th year of doing this radio program, Brett Phillips in the chair on Friday. I actually popped down to the Frankston Centenary Tennis Club uh, Shout out to Steve Foote, who is the tournament director. Great to meet Steve in person. I'd had a bit of correspondence 
uh, on the phone and via email uh, across uh, the journey. And it was the signature 20K Victorian Hardcore Championship. So as part of the Australian uh, competitive calendar, uh, the Progress Series, as it's referred to, uh, these events uh, sort of lead into the Pro Tour events, uh, challenges, uh, ITFs uh, throughout the course of the year. A great chance for that next tier to get some really good match play, earn some prize money, keep some momentum in their tennis season. And I watched uh, the final between uh, Monique Barry and Alana Parnaby. So we know Alana from Victoria. She was the top seed. Uh, Monique um, is from New Zealand, but pretty much has uh, been in Australia all her life. Uh, I'd never seen her play uh, live uh, before. And uh, I'll tell you what it went. It went the journey. Uh, let me tell you, and this is the next level, which is away from the bright lights, away from all the fanfare, the hard yards you've got to do to try and improve your ranking. And uh, I caught up with uh, Monique Barry after she won a three-hour marathon match. Three hours out on court, momentum shifts, and in the end, you got it done. Yeah, like that was a grind. <laughs> it was like three hours, and I had like match points of 5-3. Yep. And I just wanted to make it longer, so it was seven six. <laughs> How important are these sort of tournaments? Obviously, they, they feed into the Pro Tour events. Mitchell uh, coming up, these signature events. Obviously, important from uh, a match play point of view, just playing uh, prize money, um, just keeping sort of you know, that momentum in the tennis season. Yeah, no, I think it's a great um, idea having them in between because, especially if this is home and it's close by to the ITFs, that we can yep. come down, play some matches instead of just training because you want to get match fit. Obviously, I'm going to get match fit from that, but <laughs> um, but I, I, I really enjoy playing these tournaments. I can just keep playing matches and it's really good money as well. So the, the pros want to get some money. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So born in New Zealand, I've seen you. First time I've really watched you play a full match and like you moved to Queensland as a young girl and you've made Melbourne sort of your home. Yes. Give our viewers, our listeners, just a bit of a, an idea of where your tennis journey was at at the moment. You're 21, I think you've won three titles doubles on the ITF, you represented your country as well, yep. uh, in the Billie Jean King Cup. Um, how's the whole sort of career track for you at the moment? Um, I'm really enjoying it on tour at the moment. So yeah, I did, I was born in New Zealand, yeah. but I've always grown up in Australia, so yeah. I've always been around it all and um, competing in, in Australia, which is really strong. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm just trying to get my ranking up as high as possible, travel um, and just commit and try and try and get to that grand slam uh, Monique Barry, who's uh, continued her good form. She's won uh, the first two rounds of qualifying at Terrelgan. Uh, after I spoke to her, uh, she played doubles with Alana Parnaby. Then they were jumping in the car to get down at Terrelgan. So three rounds of qualies uh, for Terrelgan. Women's 35K event this week is a 25K event for the men. Uh, so lead two, Omar Jaseka will be the top two seeds as far as the men are concerned. Priscilla Hon's the top seed as far as the women are concerned. But uh, Monique, yeah, she's a lefty. Um, yeah, hits a really good ball. Uh, I think her ranking at the moment is in the sort of five, six hundreds. I'll just I'll double check that. Uh, but the margins are small, and she's just got to keep uh, keep her head down and try to uh, try to elevate her game to the next uh, level. It's it's a hard road. It's not an easy passage. Uh, Matthew Hilm actually, it was a walkover in the men's Thomas Braithwaite. As I arrived at Frankston, the young man was sitting on the grass, absolutely disconsolate that he could not play that final. And it just means so much to play an event like this where you can earn $3,000 as the winner, which 
pay some bills, just get you on your way, get you on your feet. Um, so he was, uh, yeah, pretty despondent not to be able to uh, win uh, that uh, or even compete in that particular final. Uh, Tennis Victoria Country Week. I've been to a couple. It, it's it's brilliant. It brings together so many people. Uh, what, 1,300 competitors uh, playing across Albury and Wodonga in the last week. There were 28 winners across lots of uh, different categories. If you don't follow us on our socials, I just want to bring you a couple of those uh, chats. Uh, the full wrap is on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. Uh, but let's first of all have a listen to Renee from the Western Port Coastal Queens. They're down on uh, Phillip Island, who didn't drop a set all week. They took out Section 15. Really fun week at, um, at Country Week. Uh, it's my third ever one, and I'm with a, a new team this year, and it's all their, their first time at Country Week. They've all had an amazing time. We've had some good tennis throughout the week and, um, yeah, played with some familiar faces and new faces. It's, it's just been really fun. It's such a good tournament. Tennis Victoria do an amazing job and um, all the volunteers as well. It's, it's a fantastic week. And um, I'll give a, a big shout out to, I think about six or five or six young girls that we met from a team called Get A Grip. I think they were from Geelong. Um, they just had an incredible story behind them. Apparently they all finished university, decided that they wanted to do something, something together and they came up to Country Week and had never played tennis, bought their rackets from Kmart on the way. And um, all of us were teaching them how to serve and how to hit a forehand, where to stand, how to score. It was lovely. And it's just, out of it, tennis is a winner. Uh, Tennis is the winner. Because if it gets the racket into the hands of some novices, it's a winner. And I'll tell you what, some of the... uh the video and uh, photos I've seen from uh, the uh, well, the, the night activities, we'll call them that. Uh, it's a bit like a footy trip in footy. They go hard on the court, uh, some hot temperatures uh, up in Albury, Wodonga, and they give it a nice little nudge um, as, uh, as the sun is uh, setting. The largest grass court tournament in the world, Tennis Victoria Country Week. Let's have a quick listen to Joe from Double the Fun Uh, From Melbourne, they were the Section 3 champions. Here's Joe. With three ladies from Melbourne. um, Then I put a request through the Country Week Facebook group and eventually I managed to get three extra players from that, from just putting a post up requesting players. Um, And then I was very fortunate to get a very handy (laughs) 16-year-old who played well all week. And then I got a couple of others from uh, Shepparton in a local area, Albury, and they were great as well. So, Incredible. And yeah. how did the team sort of bond um, not knowing each other? Well, we had the one thing in common was tennis. So it was pretty easy. There you go. The universal language of uh, tennis. And finally, uh, Brody from the Druin Juices. They were the Section 5 champions. Really tough competitors, the Kiwis, all the way over from New Zealand. Uh, we went out there, one set all. Third one we got up, 8-4. So we had to win another two games in the final set. Uh, to win, and we got it. So, fantastic. Yes, so um, I've played six years. This is my seventh year, and the first win, we came runners-up last year. Uh, lost by three games, so to get the win today was outstanding. Super, super impressed. Nicely done, uh, Brody and the team. Tennis Victoria Country Week. Uh, back to Swan Hill, the beautiful grass courts, uh, uh, February 9 to 14 in 2025, and the first serve will get back there uh, next year. Let's take our final break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the show. Perfect paver to complete your space. Tuscan Path pavers are available at Bunnings Warehouse. 
Whether it's tennis, football or cricket, trust Green Life Group to keep your sports grounds in top condition. Elevate your play at glgcorp.com. This is the first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back. Uh, we had Peter Johnston in the studio last week. Global affairs. Uh, we discussed many topics, of course. He's a current tournament director. He's not happy about the lack of uh, TV coverage here in Australia. ATP WTA tour coverage here in Australia. You banged on it better pretty hard uh, mm. last year once Fox, Fox Sports Sport weren't showing uh, B yeah. in mm. and it dropped uh, that contract. So it has starved, unless you're subscribed to Tennis TV or, uh, or B in itself. Where mm. do you sort of sit a few months on? Oh, look, I'm still disappointed. Uh, B in is now on Amazon Prime yeah. and having a crack at promoting that. But Amazon Prime, from what I saw the other day, is still charging uh, a subscription. So it's not that if you're on Amazon Prime, you can get B in. I, I just think it's it's so important to have the week-in, week-out coverage on a significant platform in Australia. And look, otherwise, it just goes so dark after the Australian Open and we become like a, a Melbourne Cup, you know, like, and we've got great stories to follow in great cities, like the... the, the the cities that host the tour events is just ridiculous. You know, Monte Carlo, Rome, Paris, yes. you just name them. It's just the greatest hits, isn't it? And yeah. so, and our players are going well. Like we've got nine or ten in the top hundred guys. And mm. so we'd see them every week. Plus, I thought when with Sinner and everyone, there was a bit of a, and Alcaraz, they just, people hadn't seen as much of them as they do throughout the year on other countries. I'd, I'd like to see someone buy it out, buy out the coverage, buy out the rights and put it yeah. on stand or somewhere significant. That was uh, Jono uh, last week. So does that responsibility fall into the hands of Tennis Australia to maybe buy the rights from being through the tours and get maybe nine now to show key finals and the rest on uh, Stan Sport? Plenty to ponder, isn't it? I think, you know, Jono's really uh, disappointed. I mean, I tuned into Tennis TV. I have that as a subscription today. Now, for that, uh, Facundo Acosta Diaz... Nicholas Jerry final. It took me about 30 to 40 minutes to actually get some pictures coming through. I don't know what was going on with the subscription. I you know, refreshed and logged out and logged back in. It was just frustrating. I have WTA TV as a subscription. I haven't gone down the B in track. I used to have B in uh, with uh, my Foxtel package. Uh, but, you know, unless you're buying one of those packages, you're missing out on watching Alex Demonor in the prime of his career right now inside the top 10. And their Aussies generally competing uh, so well across uh, the tours. So uh, we're going to keep on it uh, here at the first serve. I know Jono's on a real mission and something has to change because we only get live one month of the whole 11-month tennis season. We've got Aussies tricking the globe everywhere who are doing some really, really impressive things and something has to change in that regard. So great, and I'm you know, part of uh, Channel 9's coverage of uh, the majors. And it's great that that is on free-to-air, the French, Wimbledon, US, any Davis Cup or Billie Jean King Cup ties. But now it probably needs to extend. I mean, Indian Wells coming up in uh, about a week or two's time. You know, big 1,000 tournament. Osaka's back. Djokovic back playing for the first time in uh, a few years. I mean, it's just quality wherever you look. And we don't get any real coverage here. And, and, and a lot of you, uh, like me, were, you know, Foxtel subscribers, you could just tune in. Uh, you didn't have to pay extra for being. It was there. You could pick and choose what you wanted to watch. As Jono said, Amazon, Amazon Prime is showing it, but you've got to pay the extra subscription uh, for being sports. So something has to change. If you've got some thoughts, uh, the first serve, sem at gmail.com uh, if you want to send me some correspondence uh, throughout the week. And we'll keep on it 
here at uh, the first serve. Two hours does come and go uh, pretty quickly. Our show next Monday, of course, will be a leading to Indian Wells. Then we're going to be on the road for uh, three weeks uh, from the Californian desert, which uh, we look forward to. And uh, I'm just licking the lips already. Uh, going to head out to San Diego next week for the WTA 500, which is going to be uh, a brilliant experience uh, as well. Thank you for all your texts uh, tonight. Some of you are in the corner of the women going to Sunday, the men to Saturday for the Australian Open in the future, whether it's 2025 or beyond that. All that to uh, certainly play out. Others just liking it the way it is. But you can always correspond with me during the week. The first serve, SEN at gmail.com. The first serve.com.au is our website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, X, Twitter. You can follow us however you like and we'll keep an eye on all the Aussies. I'll talk to you next Monday, 8 o'clock for the first serve.